0: Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi everybody, Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. I want to thank you for helping make my new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism, a bestseller, and There's Still Time to Order, Well, before the holidays, for yourself or someone you care about, we talk about the devolution of the media and the death of the news as we once knew it. Today, a peppery discussion about salt, and when I say salt, I'm talking about taxes. An interesting story, as always, I think, this week on Full Measure for our cover story It's about the controversy over something called salt. By salt, I don't mean table salt, the stuff that you eat with the pepper. I mean state and local taxes, S-A-L-T. And it turns out there is a huge battle going on between the federal government and high-tax states like California, New York, and New Jersey. And whether you live in one of the high-tax states or you live in a different state, this could impact you. Because you're either someone in a high-tax state being impacted by a policy we're going to talk about, actually a law that the IRS has implemented under President Trump, or you're in another state that these high-tax states are asking, in essence, as federal taxpayers, for you to pick up some of the burden of their high-tax states, in essence. So let me explain. Back on December 22nd, 2017, you may remember, if I remind you, that President Trump signed in his tax cut. Remember, there was a lot of media coverage in advance that said, oh, this really wasn't going to help anybody except rich people. There was even a false analysis in the New York Times that claimed a fictitious sort of middle-class family would have their taxes go up several thousand dollars. But the New York Times had to correct the story and acknowledge that that Same fictitious families' taxes would actually go down, not up, as they had claimed. And in fact, in retrospect, even Democrats I've interviewed acknowledged that President Trump's tax cuts benefited pretty much every income tax bracket, unlike what was said in advance. But that's not really the part of the law that we're going to talk about. There's a piece of this Tax Cut and Jobs Act law that's pitting high tax states against the federal government. It's a part that limited how much in the state and local taxes salt that Americans can deduct from their federal income tax. So for the story, I went to California because I really think nowhere is this fight more important to the people who live there than California, where they have high taxes. I mean, I tell you, the state sales tax is seven and a quarter percent add to that the state income tax that's above 13%. Now mind you, there are states that have no income tax. So this is just really a lot of money, a lot of burden for people. And then you add in the local taxes, and the total state and local tax rate for many residents not counting their federal taxes is above 23 percent. So before this limit on how much people could deduct in their state and local taxes from their federal income tax, Let's use an example of somebody making $100,000 a year. That person could take off what he'd paid in state and local taxes, let's say $23,000 in a high-tax state like California, and they'd only have to pay federal taxes on what's left, $77,000. Pretty good deal. But now, the same person under this change that went into effect in 2017, the same person can only deduct $10,000. That's the limit, not 23000 And so they will owe their federal taxes on $90,000 of income instead of $77,000 of income. So that translates to a total federal tax bill for somebody like that that's several thousand dollars more. So I went to a Republican in California to talk about this. Talked to a Democrat too. We'll, we'll get to her in a minute. But I went to John Moorlock California state senator, because, by the way, he trained as a certified public accountant. He really knows his numbers. So he talked about this is a really significant impact for people to have that $10,000 limit. Now, he said he has not himself taken a side or gone on a crusade about changing anything or what to do about this. But he just says that in general, California, as we all know, taxes really high. He said they have the highest personal income tax rates, the highest gas tax rates, the highest sales tax rate. And he says, you know, every time you turn around, they've got another tax measure on the ballot. So his conclusion kind of is they have incredible weather there, but they pay a big price for it. So let's go to, though, another Californian I spoke to who is not so agnostic about the SALT debate, and that is John Yu. John Yu is a visiting scholar at the Free Enterprise Think Tank, American Enterprise Institute. And he told me that between his state and local taxes and his federal taxes, he thinks he pays more than 50% of his income in taxes. So in his view, what the SALT deduction did, the state and local tax deduction did before there was the limit, he said it, in essence muted the effects of living in a high-tax state. It helped out residents in these high-tax states. So if you lived in California or New York and paid really high taxes, he says, because of that deduction that used to exist, it didn't feel so bad. You effectively got one-third off of your taxes. But he doesn't agree with that. He says that it's like saying to your kids, here's a credit card for everybody, go all the way up to the credit limit, And then you go to the kids who didn't spend so much, the states that don't have as high of taxes, and you say, I'm going to take some money away from you and give it to your brothers and sisters who maxed out their credit cards, meaning those with very, very high state and local taxes. He says that's not fair. It doesn't make sense to have the states that don't have these high tax policies basically making up for the states that do. Now, this is not unusual that there is a philosophical political partisan divide over what should and shouldn 't be, so I also spoke to on the other side of the issue another California state senator, Holly Mitchell, who 's a Democrat, and she told me that really the people hurt most is a middle group of Californians, in her example, earning between a hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year who are really getting hit. She said there are about a million people impacted by this change in state and local tax deductions in California, but that income group, between $100,000 and $250,000 a year, constitutes about 600,000 people of the one million impacted. And she talks about an article that she read in a publication called Cal Matters, and it profiled a family in her district in Inglewood, California, and it said that thanks to this change in SALT, the state and local tax deduction, that they can't afford to stay in California anymore. And she says, Senator Mitchell, that middle-income earners tend to be the small business owners and the ones who employ others, and that's the group being hit, and that's the group she says they need to protect. But there is a wrinkle to all of this. I said it's not surprising that there is a political or ideological divide on this issue, But not all Democrats are on the same page when it comes to SALT. More about that right after a short break. The news as we once knew it no longer exists. It's become a product molded and shaped to suit the narrative. Facts that don't fit are omitted. Off-narrative people and views are controversialized or neatly deposited down the memory hole. Partisan pundits, analysts, and anonymous sources fill news space, leaving little room for facts. The line between opinion and fact has disappeared. In my new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism, I reveal the struggles inside newsrooms where journalism used to rule. For the first time, dozens of current and former top national news executives, producers and reporters give insider accounts speaking with shocking candor about our industry's devolution. Buy Slanted today for yourself or as a holiday gift for someone you care about anywhere. We're back and we are talking about the dispute about SALT, state and local taxes, and the lack of the big deduction that high-tax state residents can now take as a result of Donald Trump's tax cut plan in 2017, that residents who live in high-tax states like California and New York can no longer deduct as much of those local and state taxes from their federal income tax payment. But I mentioned before the break that not all Democrats are on the same page. On the one hand, a lot of Democrats, I said, want that change back where there's more deductibility for the high-tax state residents, whereas a lot of Republicans don't think it ought to change. But some Democrats do not think that deduction should go back up, that these high-tax state residents should be able to deduct more from their federal income tax again. Why? Well, it's because it would benefit the rich the most. And some Democrats object to that. At least this is what they claim. In California, the example that is used is the wealthiest 1% of California residents, if the state and local tax deduction goes back up, the wealthiest 1% would save nearly $80,000 a year apiece. But 60% of the residents in California, if this change goes into effect, would only save $10 or nothing at all. So what is a compromise? Senator Mitchell says one thing that could be done would be not to do away with this limit altogether and go back to letting people deduct all of their taxes from the federal income tax payment, but to raise the deduction somewhat so they can deduct more of it, not everything, but more of it, raise it from $10,000 limit to a $20,000 limit. So that's one proposal that's out there. In the meantime, the high-tax states, some of them are getting together and joining to press for change, either lifting that limit altogether or raising it to some degree. And there was a hearing in March, and we have a short excerpt of it in my cover story Sunday in Full Measure, with a congressman, a New York Democrat, who was talking with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin about this. Now, Mnuchin... Fully believes that this is the problem of the high-tax states, not the federal government's problem or federal taxpayers' problem to solve. So in one exchange at the hearing, the Democrat congressman said to Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, are you aware, he asked, that many people are leaving New York State and other states because of the high taxes they pay in those states that are no longer deductible at the federal level? And Mnuchin answered and said he's aware of it, and it's quite inf- unfortunate. And he said, Mnuchin, I think some of those high-tax states should think about lowering their taxes. But the Democrat congressman disagreed, and he called that taking the long arm of the federal government and reaching into the state and local governments and telling them what to do. Mnuchin then countered that he's not trying to do that. So they argued a little bit about that, with Mnuchin pretty much insisting that states need to change their policies if they want to protect their residents. It's not up to the federal government to change theirs. So, meantime, in July, during the coronavirus crisis that was happening in the summer, the SALT debate really picked up because Democrats were trying to lift the SALT deduction, lift the limit on the deduction as part of coronavirus relief. It didn't work. They didn't get it through. But the Senate's lead Democrat, Chuck Schumer, Of New York, the high tech state of New York, he promised he'll get it done if his party takes control of the Senate. That's one of the things up in the air with the Senate balance currently up in the air, pending a Georgia runoff race that's coming up with two senators. So if the two Republican senators from Georgia lose, Democrats take over the Senate and they can get some of this stuff done, like in this case, lifting the limit on the state and local tax deduction as the high-tax states want. If you want to learn more about this and see how the story turned out, come with me to California for our Cover Story Sunday on Full Measure. That will be December 13th. And if you miss it on TV, you can also download the app STIRR, S-T-I-R-R, watch it live or on demand anytime for instructions on how to do that. Go to com and click the Full Measure tab. It has all the station listings where we're on TV, but also how to watch it on STIR. And as I always say, maybe the easiest thing to do is to catch it online at FullMeasure.News because we post the segments and the program Sundays after it airs on TV. So you can count on it usually by noon, if not before Eastern time. You can go to FullMeasure.News and see the most recent program and also the last week's program, and all the segments there. What else do we have coming up this week? Well, you know, I always try to find stories that you're not going to see on the other Sunday programs. And I do that because why do you want to see the same two or three stories rehashed over and over again with talking points from propagandists on either side of the political spectrum? I try to make full measure more like we think of old-fashioned journalism and reporting as it used to be, reporting particularly I like to do on underserved subjects or topics that powerful interests or others in the media are trying to censor or not representing fairly or trying to push down the memory hole. Stories that weren't considered untouchable or controversial just a couple of years ago, but because of the political and corporate interests that largely control the news narratives and now the internet as well, you're not going to see a lot of what's going on in the world, and you're not going to see a fair take or a factual take on a lot of topics, but you'll get that at full measure. So what else do we have? We have a story about American mercenaries. Lisa Fletcher looked into this for us, and it will talk about the practice of our military, our government, in fact, using paid mercenaries or basically paid soldiers to do a lot of The military's business, a lot of America's business, particularly in war zones where we are fighting, probably a lot more money spent on this than you thought, if you thought about it, and probably a lot more of these mercenaries working for us. Also, there's a question or controversy about these soldiers for hire that kind of, I don't know, as we say in the story, go Rambo, maybe they're not coloring inside the lines, Maybe they've been hired by entities that do not work for the U.S. government, and sometimes these operations they're involved in can go wrong. So we'll talk about all of that. And then we have a great interview with Armstrong Williams. He is a conservative African-American entrepreneur and author who's written a new book that has a different take on America's racial divide. Very interesting guy. And as part of the book, he talks about his own upbringing as a young child in a conservative farm family in the South. And maybe one of the most interesting stories I think he told is how his family befriended or knew Strom Thurmond, the one-time segregationist senator who actually became more of a civil rights champion after he started out as a segregationist. And Armstrong Williams, as a young man, not only met him, because his father introduced him to Senator Thurman, but went to intern for him and was really on the front lines with Senator Thurman in some very important discussions and some important times that became formative for Armstrong Williams and the views that he has today, how he looks at life, how he looks at race. I think you'll find that interview interesting too. So I hope you'll tune in Sunday on Full Measure and I'll talk to you next time. I hope you enjoy today's podcast and that you will share Full Measure After Hours with your friends, leave a great review, subscribe to it, and check out my other podcast, The Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Also order your copy of Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Order it anywhere today. Still time to get it before the holidays. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.